Today on the show, Star-Lord knows his Lord. Joan of Arc was totally an action hero. Women are essential to the church. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Uh-huh. Yes, it is time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 374, I do believe. See? Did I get that right? Yes. Yeah. 374. I am Father Chris Decker, and you are not. No, <laughs> yeah, we're all grateful for that. And, uh, and, and sitting in the commander seat, of course, mm-hmm. we've got uh, the usual cast, right? Yep. But but completely irrepeatable. Kathleen Lee. Yeah, I am. She is, uh, she is our locally, locally sourced faith ninja. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. And and the thing about Kathleen is is she's so versatile. She can uh-huh. assume the the captain seat, or she can sit in the commander's chair. I can scrub the decks and you know the, the walk poop, the plank. The poop deck. <laughs> a poop deck. That's right. I thought for sure there'd be one of those. Oh right. my. Hey, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm maturing. I think is the word they use for that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the poop deck. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, also, I don't know how you can follow that, but Olivia Galino yeah. is the associate. Story of my life. I don't know how you can follow that. <laughs> She's the associate director of youth and young adult ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. She joins us in studio. Hey, Olivia. Hello. Right. I don't have any reserved comments for you yet. Just so. be grateful. Of course. Be grateful. <laughs> let's, uh, let's head up to space, shall All we? Right. To, uh, to Jeff Blackwell. He is the technical director of the CU. He's the commandant of the Jeff Star 1 near-Earth orbit satellite. Hey, Jeff. Hey, it's great to be here, Father. Yes, indeed it is. Also, uh, filling in for Ed Ball in the ball pit mm. is Albert Dupont. He is the chief medical officer of the Ooh, Jeff Star like that One. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to uh, to to belie our French heritage here in Louisiana and Southern Louisiana. What a fine job, Father. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, you know, I suppose at the top of the show we should mention that um, there is a there's a man who's going to be getting to know uh, South Louisiana very well. Yes. And that is uh, that is Bishop Michael Duca, yes. who is uh, who is the brand new bishop designate of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Oh yes. yeah! In fact, yes. um, yeah. If you're watching us on the radio, uh, he uh, he <laughs> he just uh, he was just named by the Holy Father this week, and um, and the the footage uh, that you're looking at there is is uh, of his his press conference in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. And it's not live, of course, but uh, but pre-recorded. But uh, but he's he's excited. He's sad to leave Shreveport, but we're excited to have him. So yeah. uh, so welcome, Bishop Duca. Um, this little thing is called the Catholic Underground, and we, we do hope you approve. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, I tell you, um, I was rather surprised because a long time ago, I gave up watching anything on the music television yes because there's no, <laughs> there's music no more music there's no- on it right. and uh and and mtv i think in in an, a desire to kind of draw the young people in after they stopped playing music videos is they began giving out awards because that's what you yeah. do right <laughs> right and so and so the mtv movie awards right uh, which was actually pretty darn funny in its day and it, it was only slightly um risque i guess because mm-hmm. it was on cable yeah. Well, now it's uh, very risque, so mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in years. Years. Uh, but now it is the MTV Movie mm-hmm. and TV Awards, because uh-huh. they're, you know, and then they're going to start adding social, social and all this and the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it was, all of a sudden, there was a lot of people looking at it. Right. Because Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, 
takes us to church. Yes. Okay, so you may know <laughs> Chris Pratt if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy or uh-huh. the new Jurassic remakes. Yep. Um, or Parks and Rec, if you watch that on TV, which I never got into, but um, no, I know. You'll need to see Olivia for that. Oh, I know. Yeah, but talk Chris, to me after class. Okay, <laughs> well, absolutely. I know I've, I've been warned by several people that I need to catch up. But anyway. um, Chris Pratt is one of Hollywood's most bankable stars. I mean, he's bankable. everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere now. But what I had no idea you is... You didn't know? No. He's also a Christian. That's right. And not a cross carrying Christian. Yes, he is. And not at all ashamed to share his faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even at the most recent MTV movie awards. The the award that he that he that he won mm-hmm. is really telling. Yeah. Because I mean kids are looking up to this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. This know? this award is called the Our Generation Award. Mm. Um, and the speech that he gave when accepting it was completely out of the blue. Yeah. Um, I did not expect it at all. And so after thanking his family and his friends, the typical, which is typical, right? Yeah. right mm-hmm. um, he explained what he called the nine rules from Chris Pratt. Which, of course, it, w- because we love lists, right. mm-hmm. uh, all, automatically, all kids are yeah, all uh-huh. ears. Yeah. Oh, like, nine nine yeah. rules of the guy that is is everything in Hollywood That's right, right now? Yeah. How to be like him? Absolutely. Right. Let's, let's blowing up right now, yeah. so we must have important things to right. say about how we can have it all. Now, half of these rules were generic, and there was, you know, some mm-hmm. some poop references. There were, of course. Yeah, yeah. but the other Apparently half. Apparently, a man after my own right. Deck. Yeah, when, you know, when he started in, when he started in, I was like, "Yep," and then he made a poop reference, and I went, oh. uh, uh, "MTV, right?" Love it. Now, but the other half yeah. were surprisingly blunt in their spiritual um, nature, and their, mm-hmm. you know, what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, in his second rule of life, he said, "Quote: You have a soul." Be careful with it. He said mm-hmm. that on on what? national, actually worldwide television. Yes. On cable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where you right? don't use those words. Where you don't where say soul. Right? A lot of you know the majority of viewers are under the age of thirty. Who yeah. really thinks about the idea, you know, at that age that I have a soul? Mm-hmm. And number two, that I should be careful with it. That yeah. it's important what I do that affects this, right? And so he goes on to, you know, in his, his rule number five, he says, um, whatever it is, earn it. He said, reach out to someone in pain, be of service. It feels good and uh, it's good for your soul. Mm-hmm. Again, he's referencing this idea that and like, I, it's important what you do. I like the notion too that, that whatever it is, he says, earn it. That that part of part of living in a society is right. is not thinking yourself entitled and that's that's the age-old sin of pride Mm -hmm. you know that that corrodes the soul and so he's he's essentially giving you a virtue and vice thing here whatever it is earn it namely be of service right so if you want to to counteract the vice Mm -hmm. of of pride of entitlement of thinking it should come to me then pour yourself out right Hmm. yeah soul Mm -hmm. care number six he lays this down god is real Y'all, this is going on on the MTV Movie Awards. Like, I can only the, imagine. They're probably like... I know. But the, what's, yeah. what's interesting is when you watch this speech, people were. Yeah. Like, people were like, yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah and it was right. like, oh, where have you people been? And I think, yeah. Well, I think that's one of the great lies of our culture is that nobody believes in God anymore. Right. 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 That's yes. a great lie of our culture, and it's usually perpetrated by uh, what we would call the mainstream media today. It's like, oh, no. No, they're all against you. God's mm-hmm, not yeah. real, and this and that and mm-hmm. the other. And yet, you have an auditorium full of kids that, mm-hmm. yeah, and and young adults too. Mm-hmm. Are like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's almost like something like this gives you permission mm-hmm. to to not only have the kind of faith mm-hmm. that he was expressing, but to admit to it. Yeah, yeah. they That's just right. need the cool kid to stand up right. and say, 
Yeah, that's right. I, God is yeah. cool. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Yeah, he goes on talking about the sixth, in the sixth rule when he says, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's different than just saying that God wants you to be happy. So, yeah. you know, God's cool with whatever choices you make. Uh, no, God wants the best for you. And that's, of course, as you remember, Olivia, that's good Christian ethics right there. Mm-hmm. God just doesn't just want us to be able to choose. He wants us to be able to choose what is best. Right. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so That's good. Good stuff. Rule number eight was, quote, learn to pray. It's mm-hmm. easy and it's so good for your soul. Learn to pray, right? Learn to talk to God. How many people, you know, don't know how to pray or they only pray in times? You know, I talk to my students about this all the time. How many times do we only go to God when we need something? Mm-hmm. You know, when there are, you know, prayers of praise, of, of thanksgiving, we forget that. Of intercession. Yeah, of intercession. Mm-hmm. And we only go most of the time for a petition. Mm-hmm. And when it's a last minute kind of deal. You know, one of the things I've, I've become more adept to is the prayer of penitence. Mm-hmm. More and more and more. That uh, Maybe it's just because I'm not the MTV generation anymore. But, but the notion of asking the Lord for mercy, asking yeah. the Lord for forgiveness, and then propelling me into those other types of prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the mass does. Well, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The final rule number nine was this. Oh, so good. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, I was so proud of him. But this, this is the, the final rule. Nobody is perfect. People are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. Mm. You always will be. But there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris Pratt. Like, I want. If I could have reached through that TV and hugged him, I would have because it's so true. Like, I think our our generation has been told, like, you are you are perfect. Yeah. You are, mm-hmm. everything you do is great. Yeah, and you, because you're perfect, you are entitled. Yeah, mm-hmm. and or you know, because you're perfect, we don't know how to cope with when we're when we're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. or when we fail, or when, or when we experience go, sin. Right. right. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever we ourselves experience sin, or or tre- we are trespassed against. Mm-hmm. And if you're a culture that believes everybody and everything is perfect and there is no room for improvement, then you don't know what to do when you're forced with the reality of this needs change, this needs improvement, this needs to be better than it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So David French over at National Review described uh, Pratt's speech as an antidote against the lie. He said he's speaking to a generation of young people who know that something is very deeply wrong, mm-hmm. which I think is so true. Like yep. nobody, can, nobody is is feels comfortable enough to say it or can put their finger on what it is, mm-hmm. you know. But that when you hear something like this coming from somebody that you're already tuned into, mm-hmm. it's like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, our lives are often at war with our consciences and no amount of happy propaganda can change that lived experience. And that's the bad news. But he says, uh, the good news is that God's grace overcomes our sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And that's what Chris Pratt is saying. Like, oh, you know, you're imperfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's, there's a God who made you that way. That's right. And his grace is gonna is sufficient. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, uh, correcting the the slight theological mismatch there, it's yeah. important to note that God did not create us to be imperfect. Right. Right. Uh, God created us to, created us as the Book of Wisdom reminds us yeah, as we can right. imperishable, and He created us for perfection with Him. Right. But it was through the act of sin, the envy of the devil, that sin entered mm-hmm. into the world, and and we now um, have to deal with the consequences of of that sin. And part of that is not knowing perfection this side of, right. of, uh, of heaven. And, but yet the Lord can perfect us. Right. The way that, that 
we certainly first say, Lord, I am not perfect. It's the sinner's prayer, actually, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, we say, I am not perfect. Lord, perfect me. And to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect is not to have every book in place, sure. you know, so that nothing falls off the shelf. But to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect is, as he says in his other rule, is to be of service, to pour our lives out. Right. Jesus Christ learned obedience through what he suffered, and it was showing that suffering so readily on the cross what perfection looks like for we who have had to suffer the effects of the envy of the devil, mm-hmm. but now do not have to be held captive by it. Right. And that, I mean, to, for, for a young man, Chris Pratt is, well, he's younger than I am. Oh. Uh, but, but, for, but for a young man to be able to say that and to essentially paraphrase uh, Romans chapter 7. Mm-hmm. Right. That you may be very familiar with, right? Yeah. I, it, you know, it starts off, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do, I do not do. Mm-hmm. But what I hate, I do. Mm-hmm. Right? And we, I, think, I think that speaks very much to our generation, that mm-hmm. um, we do things that we don't want to do. But we're not, we haven't always been equipped um, to, to, you know, what Chris Pratt is saying is, look, go to prayer, yeah. go to acts of service. This is how you do mm-hmm. what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, what you really deeply desire to do. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then for the Catholic, we would say, uh, seek, seek the norms of grace, right? right. Uh, if grace is a gift from God and there's nothing to do that we can do to, to uh, merit it, we can place ourselves in the occasion of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're called to do. We're supposed to put ourselves in the occasion of grace. That's why we go to reconciliation. What do we receive when we go to reconciliation? Absolution, which is a grace from God mm-hmm. that forgives sin and then propels us into the other sacraments, huh? the other sacraments of, of healing, the other sacraments of union, communion, right? Um, remember, the Eucharist is not just a sacrament of initiation. It is for the initiated. Mm-hmm. It is to bring us medicine that we need to be perfected. And so... Uh, we, I guess it's worth saying, too, that uh, if you do brave the MTV website or YouTube yeah. and watch the whole video, he had a lot more to say, but mm-hmm. uh, some of it's kind of crude because, well, yeah. he's Chris Pratt. Yeah. Well, well that, yes. The young people, they like their scatological mm-hmm. references. They do. They do like <laughs> scatological references. That's well, you know what's interesting is that the majority of people who commented, the majority of news sites that were not Christian or Catholic, that commented on this speech which was majority talking about god's grace and Mm -hmm. our souls and how to how to be careful with them and protect them um just kind of glazed over those they did Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. in fact uh one of the the websites that i like to read comic book resources snort Mm -hmm. um uh, like that's the the name of the website is cbr.com that's right okay Mm -hmm. continue yeah Yeah. it's not even my pick of the week uh but uh but they they said that most of what mr pratt says were of a religious nature and that was it. That was they they glossed right over. Of a religious nature. Of a religious nature. Well, you know, you know, Jeff. What else is of a religious nature? What? It's us, the Catholic Underground. We got more religion than we can handle, so we pass the religion on to you. We are the Catholic Underground. We're online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris Decker, joined by a cast of. Almost a half a dozen. Almost. Yeah. Almost. That's right. Yeah. So so Jeff's up in space. See? Right. Kathleen yeah. is uh, is is to my left. Yeah. You're right. And then Olivia is all the way over there on the other side of the table. Yes. But, but she didn't some, so far that he can't even remember my name. <laughs> that's right. Thank <laughs> you, exactly, Kevin. You sounded like Julia Sugarbaker there uh, for. Oh, a that's bit. a compliment. <laughs> that's true. Well, I like me some Julia. <laughs> and. and 
Much like a sugar baker woman, you don't mess with Olivia. You just don't. Wait, what? <laughs> right. You, you don't mess with him. Also, also Albert, he's uh, safely in space as well. Yay. And Jim. Yeah, Albert. And, and Jim. Jim, uh, the leader of the, of the boys and girls in the lab. Yeah. We don't say enough about Jim. We have like a half a second. So, so Jim uh, is all the way out in California. Uh, he, he piped up one day and said, hey, I want to do some. I want to serve. And I said, well, we could use somebody to help us put the show together. And that's exactly what Jim um, and his kids and his loving wife do. Mm-hmm. And Jim, uh, we're with you because Jim broke his collarbone what? last week. Oh. Uh, he was mountain biking and did the thing you're not supposed to do. He went over the handlebars oh, and, uh, and, and had surgery. He said everything went well. But Jim, uh, thank you for what you do. And, and we certainly are grateful for you. And no, I, I certainly have remembered you in prayer at Mass. And mm. uh, I would imagine that the rest of the CU crew and undergrounders everywhere are doing the same thing. So Absolutely. Jim, yeah. thanks for what you do. So that yeah. makes a half dozen then. That's a half dozen. There That's Jim. Mm-hmm. I like it. So Baker's half dozen. What? Wait, and and seven? everyone else's half dozen. Yeah, exactly. That's right. They still count the same. Same amount of donuts. All righty. So, uh, so we, we talked about Mr. Pratt in the first segment uh, mm-hmm. about a, a, a nice upstanding man. Yep. You know, we need some of those. But one of the things that the beauty of our faith uh, brings us are very important women. And he, he, Yep, and, and even though uh, a lot of our Marvel superheroes tend to be guys, before we even get into the Marvel universe, there were saints, and our saints today, who are as tough as any action hero. And of course, one that I'm thinking of, just because it happens to be in my show notes, is St. Joan of Arc. Yep. Uh, it's, it's worth saying that St. Joan of Arc was a saint, is a saint, presently is a saint. And, uh, and so we thought we'd talk a little bit about how she is an action hero. Um, so, so, I mean, if you know the whole history, and there's a lot of it, she comes onto the scene in the Hundred Years' War, right? Mm. And, and so, um, uh, basically, France and Britain were warring, as they did, well, really a good bit. And uh, she was a young, untrained peasant girl, and she picked up the sword, and she was the one, practically single-handedly, just by standing up, uh, to turn the tide of the Hundred Years' War. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if you can imagine that, that a, a young woman who decides that she wants to fight for, for freedom and she wants to fight for, um, uh, for, for virtue, right? And for the, really uh, to practice the freedom of, of her Catholic faith and for herself and for, for Britain, which was just at the cusp of beginning to make a very difficult turn. Mm-hmm. Um, her valor and her faith are remembered today. Um, and so here are a couple of ways that uh, that Joan of Arc is really better than anything you'll find on the silver screen. Silver, silver screen silver today. Screen. It would be. I mean, and it is what's really interesting too is that a lot of uh, a lot of these archetypes that that are like in Marvel mm-hmm. and DC universes, um, they they have to borrow heavily if they're if they're a strong woman character. They have to borrow heavily from some of the the stories of the saints because mm-hmm. the stories of the saints are real. Yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so uh, Joan of Arc number one, she led armies. She led armies. Uh, she set aside. Well, I mean, if we if we just take a moment and say. Gee, it's unusual for a woman to fight in a war, at least at, at, at this time, right. um, let alone command armies. Joan did the unthinkable. She, she went to Charles VII. Um, even though she was uh, uneducated, her father was a farmer, um, she managed to get uh, an audience with the heir to the French th- throne, who was Charles VII, and she convinced him to allow her to go to the siege at Orléans. And, and again, for, for a young woman, I can only imagine what must have been present in her, um, just in her person as she goes to, to, this, to this guy who, I mean, 
you know, really, who is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he, or who is, who is this young lady? And, uh, and he says, yeah, um, I'd like to go and fight, fight for my native France. And, uh, and so she's got a backstory that goes along with this. Uh, the city of Orleans had been uh, surrounded for six months by English forces, but Joan, um, she led 700 men to recapture the city in just four days. And once the area was clear to the enemy, Charles VII was able to travel to Reims, where he would be crowned king. Um, he was most likely kind of testing, because the, the story here is that, that Joan goes to Charles and said, the Lord wants me to fight. Yeah. He, wants me to, he wants me to fight, he wants me to, to be valorous, and he wants me to win. And so I guess Charles VII is like, well, let's see what she can do. So sure enough, she, uh, she, she, she wins Mm -hmm. that. And that's the thing too, like to, to see, to see uh, a man who was very staunchly kind of part of, of, uh, I suppose today what they call a patriarchal system, you know, Mm -hmm. that didn't really have to, to witness to anything says, no, I think there's something here. We're going to see what the Lord is doing in your life. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's an important thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we, we don't know exactly how much his faith rested on, on this God-sent warrior because eventually she was, uh, she was, she was captured, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he didn't really do much to, to affect her release. Yeah. He didn't. Um, so, uh, so not only did she lead an army, but, uh, but she wore armor. Yep. She fought alongside men. You know, mm-hmm. she didn't ask for any special treatment. She was like, nope, I'm... Yeah. I'm woman, Hear me suit me up, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and certainly, you know, in, in the 15th century, it, it was not um, a very progressive time, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of, it was locked within all of the, the social mores of the time, and so for, for Joan of Arc to, to put on armor, uh, that couldn't have been an easy thing for, for men to to, to, to be in the midst of, you know, um, I, I can only imagine it would have been, it would have been like, um, I mean, I I am not a woman, but it would have been like me, uh, putting football gear on in in high school. Everybody would have said, what are you doing here? So I can only imagine, I can only imagine what, um, what, uh, what they would have seen when they saw Joan of Arc in, in, in this full battle armor. Um, she, she found her sword because, you know, every knight needs a sword, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, she found her sword in a prophecy she she said um, uh, she she had her standard painted you know like her flag with mm-hmm. with Christ in judgment and a banner made uh, bearing the name of Jesus and they said well what about your sword she says no no it's going to be found in the church of Saint Catherine um, and sure enough there was a sword there hmm. don't worry I'll pick it up on the way that's right I'll, yeah, yeah I'll get it yeah um, she made several attempts to escape captivity so mm-hmm. she was she was captive uh, several times and um, and when she was first captured. Uh, she was willing to do anything to escape. And so she was, I mean, just a strong young woman. Yeah. And she knew she had to get back out onto the battlefield if she was able to do so. And so um, she, um, she at first was, was sent to a, a castle. She tried to escape, and she almost did. And so she was sent further into English territory so that she couldn't get back to France. And she was treated n- kindly, but she wanted to, to get out. She wanted to get back mm-hmm. to France so badly that she actually climbed a tower and jumped landing in a moat and uh knocked her unconscious and she wasn't seriously hurt but she she actually had to recover before she was moved yet again because she was tenacious Mm -hmm. yeah um she knew she she held to her convictions right she knew what she needed to do uh of course she was brought up on a trumped up trial Mm -hmm. trumped up trial which would be another one of my uh uh, punk rock bands trumped up trial (laughs) (laughs) add it to the list yeah add it to the list of, uh, of band names uh, she uh, she was brought in and and she was interrogated, 
Um, and in those days, interrogation with a, a good bit of torture was okay in the 15th century. And so yeah. she was under a great deal of duress. And uh, she displayed heroic levels of fortitude throughout mm -hmm. this whole ordeal um, because she had a profound belief in the justice of her cause, even though all the authorities at the time were discrediting her. Mm. You know, I mean, and, and that, that right there, to be able to remain and say, no, no, God is the one who will judge me. And it doesn't matter what judgment is passed here on earth, kind of like St. Paul. Um, I don't even pass judgment on myself, Paul said. You know, mm -hmm. Jonah's saying, well, no, the truth will out. The truth will out here. And so um, she told her tormentors that if she did recant, then they shouldn't believe it because anything she said would be lies and under duress. Mm -hmm. And so even if she confessed, yeah. it wouldn't be true. Mm. One of these things is a lie, you know. But, that, yeah. but that's, that's the thing. And so her faith held firm to the end. And that's what a, a beautiful witness not only to, to our, our Catholic faith, but also to, to womanhood, you know, right. mm -hmm. is that she held firm her faith, even unto the end. Um, the court was predisposed to side against her. Uh, her interrogators recognized the purity of her faith because whenever she was brought to the stake, because they pronounced her guilty, yeah. um, and, uh, and they allowed her to make a confession, they allowed her to go to Holy Communion, and those sorts of things were not allowed if they were going to be executed as a heretic, because she was executed yeah. as a heretic, mm -hmm. um, that mercy was not afforded them. But she was able to, to receive those sacraments of the church, and she accepted death willingly, even though it was unjustly handed out. Mm -hmm. Her last request was simply that a cross be held up high so the flames would not obstruct her view. Hmm. And there wow. was a Dominican. Yeah, I know, right? That's amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. a, a Dominican priest consoled Joan, and, um, and she was the one. She said, hold high this crucifix. Uh, and shout out, she said, shout out the assurances of salvation so loudly mm. that I can hear them above the roar of the flames. Mm. And to the last, she maintained that the voices, she was hearing locutions. Mm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you, you see in the movies, they make her out to be kind of crazy. But, yeah. but she would not be the only saint that audibly hears the Lord speaking. Wow. And so until the very end, she, she maintained that the voices that she experienced were the ones sent from God and, mm. and had not deceived her. And so, Chills. I know, uh, just a, a wonderful, wonderful young Catholic female saint of the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she is she is definitely the um, the, the patron of many, yeah. many yeah. women. But, uh, you know, actually, I've known some guys that have taken mm -hmm. Joan of Arc as their confirmation name. Yeah. Well, I've heard it, I mean, wow. I've heard it said before that, um, you know, Joan of Arc, even regardless of who your, your namesake is and mm -hmm. confirmation, should be a patron yeah. that you take forward with Absolutely. you into adulthood because she's like the model of church militant, you know, she like, is. that's right. And that's what you're, you know, you're confirmed. You're, you're being strengthened to be part of that church militant. That's right. And so who better example than Joan of Arc? There you go, I so. got to know her this last year, a friend of mine, Jesse, um, that's her, I worked with her and that was her patron saint. And I oh was yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Hmm. And I, you know, she kind of not been on my radar. And this past year I was kind of like, yeah, mm -hmm. St. Joan of Arc. And, and a couple of the Jones I know, uh, are very much after their namesake. Yeah. Just strong, um, no matter what, we're going to keep on tunneling through mm -hmm. kind of women, you know, mm -hmm. which, again, I, I say it all the time, but I say it again. We don't pick our saints. Uh, our saints pick us. Absolutely. And so that also works for your first name, too, not just your Christian mm -hmm. name. Well, anyway, uh, we are the Catholic Underground. We want to remind you we're going to be back right after this, so don't go anywhere. A prayer for vocations. O oh God, 
who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant, we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee, and Jeff Blackwell. Also on the video, Albert Dupont, our picks of the week are coming up, but first... That's what that music reminded me of. You sound like Casey Kasem there. That's right. uh, Number 40 on the charts (laughs) this week. Does anybody know who Casey Kasem is? I do. I do. I remember. Because he used to um, to be on Saved by the Bell every once in a while. He was on Saved by the Bell. Does anybody know what Saved by the Bell is? Thank you. He was also the uh, voice of Shaggy. He was the voice of Shaggy. That's true. I used well, to listen to the countdown. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you've mm-hmm. managed to find the Catholic Underground, and boy, aren't you sorry. <laughs> yeah, indeed, our picks of the week are coming up. But continuing the, this theme of women in the church, it always seems, okay, it always seems like when a new pope is elected, mm-hmm. the same questions get asked. Oh, every time. What's interesting is that the answers are pretty much always the same, too. Oh, yep. really? You know? Yeah. And so. what's interesting um, is, you know, Pope Francis gets a lot of press for, like, off-the-cuff remarks and, mm-hmm. like, things that he says that can be taken out of context and mm-hmm. things that need to be clarified. So usually when you see a, a headline that has Pope Francis in it, you're, you're like, What's you know, right? preparing uh, yourself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what am I about to read? Um and uh, so, you know, one of those things kind of happened recently, but diving deeper into what he was talking about, I'm like, I'm so grateful for him um, making this, this, uh, it's not even a statement, it's just an affirmation of something that's come before him. Um, so basically he, he was uh, dealing with the issue of women's ordination mm-hmm. and that's like a, a big, it comes like, up, I'm sh- it yeah, comes up, it comes up. the age old question. Yeah. And I'm sure even as I said that, like you kind of steeled yourself like, Oh no. Yeah. But I mean, I remember, uh, you know, I got my graduate degree at a, 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 a seminary, a major, a major seminary that had a program for lay people and people would find that out uh, or, you know, I'd offer it cause I'm not hiding anything, but like, right. you know, you have to, to kind of go through that carefully. But the mm-hmm. number one question I'd get asked from Catholics is, oh, so you're going to be a priest? <laughs> nope. Uh, really? Nope. <laughs> nope. Wow. nope. Yeah. Um, And so there's still a lot of kind of misunderstanding around this question. Um, So I think it's really good that Pope Francis is coming out um, and being very definitive uh, in line with those who have come before him. So basically, this is what happened. Um, He was interviewing with Reuters. Um, Pope Francis said um, that space has to be created for women to take on leading roles in the the Roman Curia. Um, But that priestly ordination is not an option. So even in that one statement, it's really important to, to note that he's not just giving an all-out no. Um, He's not looking at women and just swatting them from the table. He's saying there is a place in the church and we desperately need women in that place. Yeah, sure. But that this one door is not an option. Um, So it's not not an all-out no. Um, And and honestly, if you think about the the curial offices, uh, now now the curial offices are are the different, um, are the different little, they're not just doors, but they're the different groupings mainly of priests and bishops. On, on how the church uh, is it herself is governed, how the church looks at certain issues, mm-hmm. uh, how the church responds. So everything from doctrine all the way through uh, to outreach, right? Like core unum in the in uh, outreach to the yeah. poor. 
and uh, and I think that's what he's ta- he's certainly talking about is that yeah um, there are women I mean if you just look around this table Kathleen and Olivia uh, probably know more about doctrine than me combined that I think you do mm. probably. Wow. Mostly Olivia. I don't, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Like, yeah. and, so, and so there are times where I'm thinking my way through something doctrinally, and I'm going, you know what, I'm going to text Olivia and see what she thinks. Oh. You know, and, and so I think absolutely that, that it's, it's essential yeah. that we recognize that complementarity. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so, Keep but, on going. Just, but, <laughs> just spiral in my own awkwardness. Um, <laughs> but, no, I think what's really important is that this is, I think, at – root of a lot of people's uh, conversation at women's ordination is that mm-hmm. they want a greater place in the church for women mm-hmm. and they look to this one thing as like this will solve right. that problem yes. this is it yeah, yeah like this is the blanket um, option that will cover uh, all of our needs in that area of uh-huh. wanting more say or mm-hmm. wanting more right. involvement um, but I mean by affirming that not only are women able to be in certain roles but that they should be if yes. you know provided that they're qualified they have the experience whatever mm-hmm. That's an affirmation that like, yeah, we know that you want more involvement in the church (laughs) and we want that for you. That's right. And that's on the level, if you will, that's on the level of doing. Right. 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 You know. Mm -hmm. And that's what um, ultimately Pope Francis kind of uh, starts talking about because he recognizes that um, that there's a temptation to turn this discussion into a doing conversation. Like women have to do this. They have to fulfill this certain role in order to X, Y, and Z. And usually that X, Y, and Z is, is circling around some kind of meaning. Like mm-hmm. I want to be meaningful in some way. And this is my way of doing that, right. um, in order to, to get that, to get to that place. Um, but he says the dimension of women goes beyond a role. It's a much bigger thing. Mm-hmm. And he's not just trying to be poetic here, which I think a lot of people might read that statement as like, a write-off, but he's he's really speaking to the being of woman, yes. what we call the ontology of woman. Um, and he says, yes, we must give them a role, but this is not enough. With sacred orders, with ordination, you can you can't do anything because dogmatically it doesn't go. He's saying like you can't ordain women because it's 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 antithetical to to woman's being. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not made to be ordained um, ministerially. Uh, but John, and he says, John Paul II was clear and closed the door, and I won't turn on this. It was a serious thing, not capricious. Like, he didn't just say it offhand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that statement, what he's doing is he's upholding tradition. He's upholding right. the definitive statement that John Paul II had made already. And um, popes before him, really. Right, right, mm-hmm. but most recently, in, mm-hmm. in recent memory. Um, and and he affirms the beauty of woman's creation, that this is something, she's created for more. She's mm-hmm. not created for this, but she's created for more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he closes the door on it. And not, not even that, he affirms that the door, that the door is already closed. That's right. And, um, and the thing I like about the Holy Father is that he actually is kind of paraphrasing uh, John Paul II's Dignitatis uh, Mulieribus, huh? Mulieris uh, Dignitatis. I'm sorry, mu- yes, Mulieris yeah, Dignitatis, yeah. Um, and, and the notion that that we cannot reduce women to their role. Oh, right? no, yeah. Uh, no more than we can reduce men to a, to a simple role, right. you know? And and to do that, to do that is to, is to actually empty both the feminine and the masculine from meaning. Oh, yeah. You know, of, of, their, of their meaning, which, of course, is what the world temp- tends to try to do anyway. Right. To reduce us to, to function. You are what you produce. You are what you do, rather than you are who you have been called to be by a, a God who, who loves you and made you in such a way to give him glory. Right. And, and the way that I give him glory as a man is, is different than the way that you give him glory as a woman. But they're, they're not lesser or greater right. in that sense. They're complementary. 
Right, exactly. And I mean, you made a, a great point that that functionalism mm -hmm. is ultimately impoverishing. Yeah, yes. It will never lead to the kind of meaning that you think it will, even though that is your ultimate goal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it will always lead you down a path that leads away from that. Right. Um, farther and farther. Farther, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but he's, he also continues that um, that we uh, we can't reduce the presence of women to their role and that man cannot be the bride of Christ. No. It's the woman, the church, that is the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a reality. Like, again, we're not just talking in poetic language. It is very poetic because that's just the beauty that's imbued in, our, in the truths of our faith. But that's, th that's the reality, that the ontological, the being reality that we're, that we're dealing with is that woman is the bride. Right. Uh, and, and, so, and Christ is the bridegroom. Christ is the bridegroom. Therefore, there must be a bride. Right. And, and St. Paul in, in the letter to the Ephesian makes it clear who the bride is. It is the church. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there is a complementarity even in how Christ marries his church, mm -hmm. right? How Christ is, is united to his church. Right. And so there's a real gift and a beauty to being a woman in the church because you embody that spousal character so clearly. Mm -hmm. And and the church as a as a corporate body of, of many people needs that. It needs that witness of how to be in a spousal relationship with Christ, the bridegroom. Um, I, I was talking to a, a, one of our Protestant brothers about this very issue a few months ago, and, um, and the language came up of, well, well, you can't be a priest, right? And my, my gut reaction was, no, and thank God, <laughs> because yeah. we are not a single parent family. Right. We need a mother and a father. Mm -hmm. So, like, thanks be to God that that priesthood is reserved for men. Mm. And I mean, of course, like didn't really, we, we, we tried to, to haggle over terms, but like that's ultimately what it comes down to is that complementarity that you were talking that's about. Right. Um, and actually, uh, Pope Francis continues in the, the vein of John Paul II um, by quoting um, Hans Urs von Balthasar, which um, JP2 does in Mulieris Dignitatum um, and, a different, and some other addresses. But um, he quotes this idea of uh, that the church can be conceived in, in two principles, the Petrine principle and the Marian principle. And you've probably heard about that before, um, how there's this, this vein um, that follows in the masculine. So Peter is a great kind of icon for that. And then there's this vein that follows in, in, in the line of Mary that's very feminine. Um, but that there's no church without either one of these people, without either one of these, these modes. Um, and, and they're both icons for, for what we're supposed to be in the church. Um, yes, it's true that one is primarily masculine, one is primarily feminine, but to be the church, we need both. Mm -hmm. um, and again, like he, he, he wants to talk about how there's more, there should be more women involved in the, the doing of the church, in the, the making things happen, you can call it, but that we can't even have that conversation if we don't have the conversation we just had about who women are. Yeah. Because if we misunderstand that, which we have for, let's call it 70 years so yes, far, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and not to mention, you know, the, the, you know, John Paul also acknowledges the lack of dignity and, and respect that women have received throughout all of history. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we can't acknowledge that in truth and then go forward in courage, yeah. Yeah. then we're not going to get anywhere. And we're yeah. certainly not going to get where we want to go. No, well, certainly not. Mm -hmm. And, and I think, um, you know, uh, the, the Our Father as a prayer always comes back. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and one of the things in the Our Father where we certainly recognize God as our Father because that's how he reveals himself to us through the Son, um, we, we, we must ask for forgiveness for the ways in which we have been trespassed against and, and, the, the, and how we have trespassed against others, huh? 
we must be willing to forgive and be forgiven. And I think um, one of the greatest uh, difficulties of of the, the feminist movement is that, and this I'm, this is a guy saying this, but there seems to be a, um, a, a difficulty on both sides of being able to to both ask for and to to um, give forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? To to give mercy, to say that you are, you as a woman are worth so much more than than just your biology and and just what you can produce that is the same as what it seems like a man can produce mm-hmm. you know and and perhaps on the other side for a woman to be able to to venerate the complementarity of the masculine and to see in it not just uh, an equation of of a uh, function mm-hmm. but an equi- but 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 a difference in being you know mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's 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 a really kind of difficult thing whenever you start talking about it because because you do you start te- stepping on what has unfortunately become political toes. Right. When this is not a political issue, this is a moral issue. Right. You know, and it is a it is a dignity issue, right? Mm-hmm. At, yeah. at its very base. And the sad thing is, when anything has become a political issue, it's almost as if you're not permitted to talk about it. Right. You but can't I'm just, have an opinion other than the. My name is Christopher, not Pratt, but. <laughs> I think it's important that we say these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which is why both Kathleen and I wanted to talk about this because this is something that we want, like we as members of the church and especially the the feminine mm-hmm. of the church want to be transparent about that, that the church is clear on this issue, but it's not something that limits it, us. It's something right. that yeah. frees us. Yeah. yeah. The no is not limiting, which is a hard thing to, to, mm-hmm. to think about or understand, you know, that when we're told no, it's like, well, why? Yeah. Why yeah. not? We're so and now. Entitled. There's oppression. So, yeah, yeah. It's, right. It's and it's like no, because that's just not the way it's meant to be. It's not the way we're, you know, it's not the way that we were created. And mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So to, to understand it, I'm, I, this is a struggle that I know you and I have both talked about this several times. The struggle being a woman in the church, having to defend this teaching is like. Ugh, yeah. Again, Here we go again. again yeah. with it, you know, because yeah. sometimes um, people look at you like you're drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah. no, I know, I, I know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know, and I know what I'm saying yes to, and I know what I'm saying no to, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. think that that very, very few, because there are so few um, philosophically based. Well, nobody knows how to argue anymore, right? Well, with with true. philosophical truths mm-hmm. um, and logically. And so we oftentimes can't really get to a discussion about being mm-hmm. because our modern world is so concerned with doing right. yeah. that that w- if you can't get to talking about who we are fundamentally, mm-hmm. that is that is not the same as, as what we're able to do with our hands, mm-hmm. huh? um, then then you can't ever get to the core of the mystery that is woman right. and the mystery that is man. Um, and what's very interesting is that the Second Vatican Council says that it is it is Jesus Christ who reveals humanity to himself. Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus Christ, a man, reveals humanity perfectly in himself, then it must show that that uh, that womanhood, the the mystery of woman, has a way to complement who Christ tells us he is mm-hmm. in his in his masculinity. And mm-hmm. it can't be the same exact. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be complementary, and that's on the level of being. Mm-hmm. That's the Second Vatican Council uh, speaking that, you know. Yeah. Gaudium et Spes, uh, number 22, I believe, in case oh, you're that's following right. along. You're fancy. Well, I mean, Paul VI, it's quite possibly his most famous kind right, of uh, right. connection there in Gaudium et Spes. But, I always mm-hmm. used to, this is like a little tangential aside, but in grad school, I always, always used to say that if John Paul II had a license plate, it would have said GS22 on it. Yeah. Which yeah. is how often he quotes it. It was, the core, it. It was yeah. the core of his papacy, really mm-hmm. was. 
Um, but no, I think that, that bringing up that complementarity is really key. And also, you know, the, what you were talking about, Kathleen, about like our, how our no, it doesn't have, it has limits, but it doesn't. Yeah. Um, especially because, I mean, when you think about, um, like the, the idea of the ministerial priesthood, that's just a type of priesthood. Yeah. You know, like when you're baptized, you are baptized priest, prophet, and king. Yep. Mm-hmm. So male and female, male and no female. Matter, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So if you are, if you are a woman in the church, if you are a lay man in the church, you are a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, you were mm-hmm. called to exercise that priesthood. And, and what is it to be a priest? Um, you know, you think back to, to Adam in the garden. He's, he's called to guard and protect, to till the soil, to keep the soil, to, to protect the, the garden, which we can take as an image for the church. Um, and that's, that's pivotal. That's also something that we can live out every single day, whether we are ordained and wear the Roman collar or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And something that we ultimately should do. That's it's part of our baptism. So that's a duty that we have to live out. Yep. Um, so we're called to, to exercise that in a way that is, is um, honoring our, our masculinity or our femininity and also our state in life, yeah. um, our, our where we live, our family situation, all of that. Um, it's supposed to be expressive of who we are, both as a human person, as a man or a woman, uh, and then as, you know, Olivia, Kathleen, Father Chris, Jeff, like as as I am and as I am created to be. Mm-hmm. Um, By so, the way, a Gaudium et Spes, paragraph 22, that's what we were talking about. Somebody asked in the chat. Oh, room. nice. Yeah. Go read it. That's right. <laughs> read documents Vatican the documents. Second, yeah, exactly. Second Vatican Council, Gaudium et Spes, go. Yeah. Right. Continue. Sorry. After uh, the show. Yeah. <laughs> but for right now, you listen. Um, <laughs> but but getting back to like the doing part of that, because it, I mean, the, that's the the natural progression of like we're talking about being, and we still want to get to the doing. Okay, let's talk about that. Like let, the and the the example that comes to my mind is Catherine of Siena, mm-hmm. Saint Catherine mm-hmm. of Siena. Oh yes. Who? Man. As what a woman. Powerhouse woman. Yep. This woman got the Pope <laughs> to yeah. move. Yeah. And she did it because she was persistent, but she was also very motherly and very loving. Yeah. Like you read her letter to him. Um, this is, we're talking about Gregory the Gregory the Eleventh, and she she talks about him in very like familial language, like Ah, my dear Babo, <laughs> see that you attend to these things. And she lists um, these things, talking about p- um, picking good priests, um, good uh, leaders for the faithful. But then she says things like Up, Father. <laughs> put into effect the resolution you have made concerning your return in the crusade. She's very firm with him. Mm-hmm. She's go- she's not going to let him skimp out on on the the resolution that he's made on the on oh. his office. Yeah. Um she's going to hold him to that, but she does it in a very loving way. And you know what? The papacy returned to Rome. It did. Because mm-hmm. of one woman. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you can't and this is in the 1300s. And so you can't tell me that women are not not only meaningful in terms of their being, but also in terms of their doing in the church mm-hmm. yeah. and of equal dignity. Absolutely. A woman is of equal dignity as the Pope. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he spoke about that, and and I thought that was so so important, was that he spoke about women being, um, having roles in the church um, that, that they're qualified to do. Yes. Right. You know, and I thought that was so important to say, not just because you're a woman, do you get this job? Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You know, but because you are qualified, yeah. because you've, you've been trained, because you have put in the time and the effort. And you have the gifts you know? and talents given you by God to be able to, to do these yeah. great gifts, right? Yeah. These, these great things and to hold these offices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell but, you, like if you read Alice von Hildebrand, oh. if you read uh, Hildegard of Bingen, actually, yeah. if you see some of her stuff, if you read Teresa of Avila, Teresa mm-hmm. of Lisieux, mm-hmm. These are women who, some of them had no formal schooling whatsoever, right. but God gifted them mm-hmm. with this supernatural ability to make him known. Mm-hmm. That's not something that only men can do. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a great, great gift that's given to each one of us according to how God has made it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I want to make sure that I, that it's understood that we're very compassionate towards, you know, the desire to be seen and to be known yes. by the exactly. church. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and we're sympathetic to that as, you know, members of that church, Father Chris's clergy, Kathleen and I, as women who work in and for the mm-hmm. church. Um, but also just to remember that fundamentally, you know, you are an icon of the bride, mm-hmm. which means that you ha- you live in the image of, of the church and of Mary and ultimately God himself. But like you, how blessed are you among women, literally, that yeah. you, you are able to, to be this Marian image yes. for others to lead them to holiness. Yep. That's not a small thing. That's such a huge thing. And you know what? The church needs more of that. Yeah. The yep. church needs women to call not only her your brothers to to virtue, to sanctity, to holiness, to vocation, whatever that vocation is. Not only does she need you to do that, she needs you to just be. She needs you to be more of who you are, who you are called to be. Because then we'll get into what we're able to do with one another once we see each other as we are. Yes. And we won't get caught up in the, well, I mean, you're able to do this and you're really organized, so why don't you go into this position? Like, no, like we'll, we'll start from what's, what truly matters. Mm-hmm. And then the church will thrive because we're really planting our roots deep um, and, and, and cultivating the garden as, as it's meant to be cultivated. Absolutely right. And I can't tell you how many times Olivia and Kathleen have said, up, Father, hold fast (laughs) to the convictions you have made. And I'm glad that they do. Well, wasn't that good? That was so good. (laughs) I tell you, we might as well just move on along to that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. All righty, for our CU Pick of the Week, uh, let's, uh, let's go over to Olivia. Oh, this never <laughs> happens. <laughs> and he remembered my name. I did, this time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gosh. Um, you're doing so good. Just, okay, just let I'm me just, have this. Yeah, keep going. Um, so, yeah, so my pick of the week is actually um, something that came out week before last um, called Messages for Web. Mm. Um, so, if you have an Android device. What? The day Finally? has come. The day has come. Yeah, so for years, uh, if you wanted to have your text messages show up on your computer or, you know, your mobile tablet device, um, you had to download some third-party app and give permissions that maybe you felt sketchy about giving. Um, But now, you can just go into your Messenger app, um, and at the the top on your main screen, it'll have the little three dots, and you drop that down, and you just click Messages for Web. Um, And make sure your app is updated, obviously. But all you'll do is you'll scan a QR code um, on your computer that gives your your, um, your phone access to your messages. You can tell your your uh, browser to remember this computer, so you don't have to do it every time. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. And does and it does it interface with iOS messages uh, as well? Uh, so, I, like, if I text you, if I message yes, you, will yeah, it show? yeah. Okay, so cool. I use yeah. this at work now, so that I'm not because I get um, work related things on my phone mm-hmm. as much as I do on my office phone. Um, and so, so now I'll you can just, respond with your keyboard. Yeah, and it's super fast. I don't have to go hunt down my phone when I need it. Yeah. Well, Highly way recommend. to go, Android. Nice. I know. It took them a while, but it actually, it's very seamless. It updates really frequently, um, and there haven't been any bugs or glitches in it for me oh, so far. Oh, don't say that. That's like saying it's a quiet <laughs> night in the ER. <laughs> <laughs> I have faith. Yeah, yeah. Kathleen, <laughs> your, your pick of the week. <laughs> as much as I love a good truck stop, I also love a good <laughs> Cheeto. I love you. Y'all, you have to I listen back Cheetos. on a couple of episodes. Yes. Okay, now. Now, this is kind of like Reese's. If you know, if you are like me and my brother, we know that there are different the different shapes of a Reese's mm-hmm. Christmas trees yes. taste different than a Reese's cup. That's true. Yeah. Same thing true. with if you are watching Cheeto 
Paws. And for those of you listening, oh she's got a giant gosh. bag look, of uh, okay. It comes in this Cheetos. little, look, the little paw-shaped Shaped thing. Like a paw. And you would know, there's Cheeto Crunchies and there's Cheeto Puffs. This is like a puff, yet in the shape of a paw. Totally different. Total game changer. Now, it is... <laughs> On and off the shelves, so it's like a game of hide-and-seek. Every time you go into the store, it's like, Cheeto Paws. But Kathleen, what did you discover today that you can find the aisle? You can find them online. You can have a Cheeto Cheeto locator online. You can go online and find out where your Cheeto Paws are. So there you go. (laughs) Try them out. Your life will be changed. Cheeto Paws. How is that for priorities there, so? Yeah. (laughs) Next. (laughs) Sounds like a pause. For a cause. That gives me, for a cause for a pause. Gives you know, me yeah. pause. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, uh, you got a pick of the week up there in space? I do. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually, uh, my wife and uh, son mm-hmm. went to uh, the theaters. We, cool. You know, the, the, the movie kind of, films. Yeah. Where you the can, cinema. The, the recline, re, recliner type. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, we saw Incredibles 2. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil. Oh, I will not. Okay. I, I won't do that. It is just so well done. Uh, 14 years in the making, but uh, they have all uh, right. um, pretty much most of the cast together. Uh, the um, uh, the animation is just over the top good. Now, we, we talked about beforehand, should we see it in 3D or 2D? Mm-hmm. And uh, we agree, 2D is the way you to go. You just saw it in two of the Ds. Yes, because I don't know. I've had uh, issues with it, and especially in this feature because there is some uh, strobe effects. Oh, and yeah. with the 3D glasses, we I. We don't want Jeff epilepsy. Yeah, no, we don't. don't. No. I was healed of that a long time ago. <laughs> oh, but um, it's, it's, it's really good. And, and the little character Jack Jack, the baby. Nice. Really steals the show, and uh, they so, set that up in the last one, though. That he was yeah, oh, they did, yeah, yeah. Uh, fourteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the child has not aged a bit. Oh, you know, has some new talents. The magic of TV, <laughs> new talents. So I, I would just say that uh, you know Disney Pixar uh, really went over the top, did it well, and uh, of course they kind of left you with the uh, impression there may be yet another. On, well, I mean, another. So. What's life without a trilogy? You know. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very good point. Yeah. So, what's your pick of the week, Father? Oh my goodness, if you think about it, we we really live in a trilogy, right? So, so Old Testament, New Testament, Eighth Day. Dot dot dot. We are in a trilogy. Ah. Oh. <laughs> okay. My my pick of the week, actually, if you remember way back when uh, the WPA, um, back uh, so post, um, really no, uh, so like. The- Post depression, right? During depre- oh, okay. during the time of depression. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One part of the are the New Deal oh, was oh, was oh, yeah. all these public yes. works, right? Yes. Okay. Phew. All right. So, um, <laughs> so one of those things was to employ artists, mm. and so you got some really beautiful art from artists who needed work, and the government employed them to do things like oh. travel posters. Ooh. Like all those beautiful yeah. posters of Yosemite and everything. Yes. Um, that some of that work continued into the war effort for World War II. And so the Library of Congress has made uh, free to use uh, a bunch of different things from the WPA and others. Uh, and, and one of those are the travel posters wow. from, uh, from some of the WPA artists. And so, so if cool. you, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, uh, it's at the Library of Congress, loc.gov. And you can search through a lot of their, their now public domain stuff. And, and some of them are incredibly high quality, so you could actually get a poster made if you wanted to. That's so cool. Yeah. So that's, that's my pick of the week. It's a simple one, but, uh, but a really kind of a neat thing because I'm always interested in finding art 
that uh, is, dare I say, copyright free. Things that mm-hmm. I can, yeah, th- sure. things that I can use, things that I can remix, you know, and and things that perhaps would look good on my wall. Mm-hmm. Because I love that, um, I, I love that '50s style art. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the painterly, and it's it's a little bit more commercial graphic art illustration. I really like. That. Well, I know some of the scenes from now going back to a Disney movie, but uh, yeah. uh, Cars. Yeah, uh, yeah, they the, they ripped off. I hate to say ripped off. <laughs> yeah, but they uh, they borrowed heavily from those posters. <laughs> it really reminded yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. Gosh, I need to need to check my language here. Yeah, <laughs> they ripped that off quite good. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> like I'm in cars all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you can use those. That's that's my pick of the week. I tell you, this is probably the first time in a while that we've got our picks of the week done a full like 30 seconds to a minute early. Maybe you should let Olivia go first more often. <laughs> I think we should share uh, some puffs. There some I puffs. Say. Yeah. Puffs all around. That's right. Puffs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all around. Nick in the in the secret chat room, basically my text message, he says, I hurt myself laughing. I enjoy a good truck stop. <laughs> yes. He said he thought the exact phrase on his work trip to Florida a few weeks ago. So mm-hmm. Kathleen is affecting our listenership. Yes, indeed. Welcome. Jeff, you know, one of the things that affects us is our listeners, those of you who are praying for us and who have donated to us we're very grateful for you absolutely and this week catholic underground is possible because of people just like you join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate portions of the catholic underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholic underground there's more information at catholicunderground.tv that's exactly right if you want the show notes for this episode or just see what we're up to you can subscribe to our podcast, the video and the audio, by going to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's our hope samurai at klee626 on Instagram. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We've also got uh, Olivia Galino, who joined us at OM Galino on all of the social media. Yep. Uh, yeah, our technical director is Jeff Blackwell at Jeff Blackwell Us. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video director this week has been Albert DuPont. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic on all the social things, too. Um, we hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital, and we will see you next time.